Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hello, and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. Happy fall break. Happy fall, y'all. It's got to be fall break for probably most of us. Some of you out there. Either you, either you just had it, you're having it, or you're, you're it's coming up, which is always exciting. We love I'd say we'd love fall break, right? We always seem to go on some type of fun adventure. That is one thing I'm missing in Hawaii is in Arizona, there's this distinct, usually like this distinct week where it's the weather was suddenly changing and it was felt like, ah, it's fall. You don't really have that here. Yeah, it's true. It was like kind of correlated fall with, for me, it was always like high school football, the Graham County Fair, <laughs> my hometown, all of it kind of. It's your favorite time of year, right? Fall. That's funny. Fair day too. Yeah. Fair day at school. We get out of school for fair day. If you didn't grow up in a small town, I'm sorry. You probably didn't get fair day. Also. That's how we met. Chris and I met. I went to a little college in his hometown basically and we met at college, but I got to experience fair day a little bit too. Our story would be cooler if we didn't just meet in the small town, but we met at the fair. <laughs> or weirder. <laughs> By the way, if anyone has any ideas of how to get a drink sponsor for our show, I would love to hear it because I love drinks and I see these podcasters who have a pretty big podcast and they always have these really great drinks that clearly someone is sponsoring them to show in their podcast. Now, that would also include us not just doing an audio podcast, which we've talked about having a video podcast as well. So if you have any ideas, please give us your recommendations. But that is not what the topic focus is about today. It's actually something that I don't know if we've ever... We've shared a lot of aspects, obviously, of Family Brand on the podcast. We've talked a lot about kind of the mission of Family Brand, why we feel so called to do this. But recently, Melissa and I, I think have gotten more clarity as to what this really is about for us and what the m- true mission of Family Brand is. And the thing we've landed on is that the mission of Family Brand is to inspire courage in individuals and families to really be who they want to be as individuals and families. And I I thought a lot about courage recently and how it's so needed in the world today. And I tried to think, is there another virtue or value I'd place above courage? And I found this quote by Maya Angelou. She's a, a poet, American poet, an author. And, and it might be pronounced Maya Angelou. I've heard it pronounced two different ways. But she said, courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. And I just thought how true that is. Like if you really want to live, like to really live, to go after the things you want, to create what you want, to be who you want to be, to have the family you want to have, without courage, it's just so difficult to accomplish any of it. And I think on the other side of most everything we want in life is is, is the courage to actually to do it. I've also heard the quote, I don't know who it's attributed to because so many people take credit for it, but maybe maybe Jack Canfield or Robert Allen, but everything you want is just outside your comfort zone. But I, I really like this this other aspect of it that 
it's more than just about outside your comfort zone. It's really everything you want is outside of like your courage. And that's what we want to talk about today. Like, what does it look like to have the courage to be who you really want to be, to go after what you really want to go after, to create what you really want to create? Yeah, just share some of our thoughts on that. And we actually have a really cool story, I think, that we'll dive into about our oldest son, Tate. (laughs) That's really awesome. And I think I'd want to pause for a minute longer on just what we hope family brand does for people, like you said earlier, and that is, again, to inspire courage. And I love when families reach out to us that they've gone through our program or listened to our podcast or just, you know, seen us talk to us in whatever whatever way it is that we've had an interaction, but they that they tell us like, hey, you listening to you or seeing you that that inspired us to do XYZ. Like I just had someone tell me that a couple of weeks ago. She's like, hey, I just want you to know your your family, you and Chris inspired my family to go do this thing that they wouldn't have that was really meaningful to them. And is it's like changing their life and having them like think bigger, dream bigger. And to me, that was really cool. I was like, that's exactly what I, what I want. And it was so meaningful to me that that's how people's lives can be in fact impacted. And then it's like them taking a stand, taking courage for what, what they want, what they want to create. Yeah, it's true because I think just, I think I know the couple you're talking about, but they wanted to go and live in a different place and where other family lived and, Probably wasn't what everyone thought they should do or they were supposed to do. They wanted to get into real estate investing, which Melissa's done. And what's interesting is one might think that the key to going and living somewhere completely different or the key to starting in real estate investing would be, well, you got you to start doing your homework and you got to educate yourself and you got to do a lot of research and you got to really understand the know-how. But in my experience, you can do all of that and still not actually do anything about it, not take any action. To me, it has way less to do with the amount of education, the amount of know-how, the amount of research initially. And initially, it has everything to do with either you have the courage to take action and move forward or you don't. And I can see that at the at the root of everything that I've ever wanted to do but didn't. It wasn't because I didn't want to. Like, There's been so many things in my life I wanted to go after I had a vision of who I wanted to be. And the only thing that would ever stop me is I just didn't have the courage to actually do it. And I can look at the things in my life that I have accomplished that I am proud of for myself and who I've become or things we've created in our family and our business. And I can really look back and acknowledge, man, I, I had the courage to actually do it. And it could be interesting to talk about, okay, well, then where does courage come from? Like how does, how does one summon the courage to really go to like really live. I think courage could be, there's so many different types, types of courage. Like it could be just really basic courage, such as I want to try a new workout class or something and just being really intimidated by it, but having the courage to try something new like that all the way up to, yeah, I want to move, move somewhere new. You know, that would, that requires even a different level of courage. But I think, I think kind of like you were saying earlier that, um, it's really easy to stay in in the mode of just like research mode or analytic mode and never quite take that last that last step of step of doing and i think that that last step is maybe just wasn't between research and doing it is that leap is just courage and i actually think that sometimes maybe the more you research and the more you think about it it actually could be a dangerous thing i've plenty of times in my life convinced myself that i've actually done something about it and when I say about it, anything, right? Like, let's say that I really want to have the courage to commit to getting healthy. 
and, and really putting myself out there and seeking out help or holding myself accountable to someone like a workout partner, like whatever that is, right? If I'm not careful, I'll go spend so much time researching different meal plans and different workouts that I trick myself into thinking like I've really taken I've really taken action. I've really done something about it. And the reality is I've just been researching it and learning about it. So, so not only do I think that sometimes figuring out the how and the research and the education really doesn't matter as much as we think it does. I'd even go so far as to say sometimes it can actually be the thing that prevents us from taking action because we think we've, we've, we trick ourselves into thinking we've done something about it. It's like really all we've done is just talk about it. And for me, the less I can, the less I talk about it and the less I, you know, I don't know, probably some, there's a rap song, right? Like, don't talk about it. Let's be about it. (laughs) (laughs) So the more I can just be about it and not talk as much. And I love this quote by E.E. Cummings. It says, it takes courage to show up and become who you really are. So yeah, where does courage come from? Like, how do we, how do we then go from, I really want to be this type of person. I really want this career opportunity. I really want to start this business. I want to move somewhere. Like, how do we, how do we muster up the courage to actually do it? I have a thought. I I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and it reminds me of what you're saying. I think we live a lot of our lives in our heads. And it's kind of like that analytic mode that I was just, that we were just talking about. You're thinking about it. You're analyzing every angle. I think though courage requires you to drop out of your head and into your heart and live more, live more from your heart. Maybe turning off your brain in some, in some regards, you know, after you've done the initial like brain work, I think it requires like dropping into your heart and just leap, taking the leap, just jumping, knowing that that's what you're meant to do. Yeah. It's kind of funny you bring that up this morning in my, um, I teach a, uh, I teach an early morning youth group class at our church Monday through Friday, uh, which is, it's an, it's amazing to see these kids that are high school that get up most of them probably at 5.30 or 6 and make the sacrifice to be there every morning from 6.30 to 7.20. And just, uh, it's been a real blessing for me to be able to teach that class. And today, one of the things that came up from multiple of the students in, in my class was their fear of the unknown, the fear and the un- and unknown of um, the future. Like there's, they just really feel this heaviness and this weight that I think we've done podcast episodes on this, multiple of them, but I think we're still, I think we're underestimating just how much children and youth are are have been impacted and are being impacted by what's going on in the world and they and and they're not talking about it oftentimes but they are experiencing it and so they were just saying like it's hard to have hope sometimes for the future when we live in a world like we live in or it's hard to think that it, it could be possible that I could go after my dreams or when everything feels so uncertain and so we talked about well where does so we talked about that the past the present and the future and I taught them a concept that I've taught before that seemed to really be helpful for them. And it reminds me a lot of what you're talking about, Melissa, is that we got to stop living live, our lives in our heads and live life in our hearts and actually live. Because what's interesting is when you're living life in your head, you're not actually living. You're just like rehearsing the scenarios. So you're not really living. But like when you're in your heart and you're out there, like putting yourself out there, that's living, you know? And so we talked about in the past, most of us really live in our heads around the pain of the past and regrets of the past. And then we live in our heads around the fear of the future. But the only place where freedom is found, the only place where peace is found, the only place where courage is found is in the present. Like I don't find a whole lot of courage from the past. I mean, 
you know, most of the past I'm reminded of like things I shouldn't have done or regrets. Now there's powerful things I can learn from the past as well, but I'm just saying most of us are hardwired to look at our past and we don't find courage there. Most of us look out into the future and we have fear and uncertainty and the unknown and what could happen where the world's headed. But like, I'm not afraid right now in the present. Like literally, I'm not worried about what's going to happen to me the next second from now or a minute from now or an hour from now. I'm just living. And so I think part of realizing that courage is found in the now, like courage is found right here. Probably not going to find it dwelling on the future. Probably not going to find it dwelling in the past. And so my point to that is what's interesting is the past and the future is found in the right side of our brain. So the right side of our brain is what processes like our past and our future. And the right side of our brain is the heavy lifting side, the analytical side, the like, or am I, am I wrong on that? I'm gesturing to Chris. <laughs> left side of your brain. Sorry. Left brain is very analytical, very process driven. I've heard it referred to as like the stud that never skips leg day. <laughs> and then the right side of our brain is where the present lives. And that's where we find a lot of creativity and spontaneousness and happiness and fulfillment. And so, yes, the left is more analytical. The right is more creative. And I just, yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about that. And listen, I hadn't, hadn't discussed that, but I think you're right, Melissa. I think part of where we find courage is getting out of our heads and getting out of the analytics and the worrying and the doubt and the fear and the uncertainty and just living life now. And the actual, so I'm thinking, okay, the next thing, how do you, how do you actually do that though? Like, it's easy to say, oh yeah, live from your heart, but how, how to actually do that? My first thought would be for me, I think it's getting, you've heard me say this a million times, but I think it's getting, getting still and quiet and taking time to ponder, meditate, whatever it is that always helps me. Yeah. I think this might sound just so obvious, but you have to be really clear on what it is you want to create. Like you have to be really clear on what it is you feel called to create. Like you've really got to get rid of any element of should or supposed to in your life that isn't from you. Like if there's still influences from your parents, bosses, the world that's trying to tell you what you should be or what you're supposed to do and you feel that pressure, that is, that's, one, that's a courage killer right there. It's going to have you living in your head. You've really got to get clear on, okay, I don't, I'm going to push aside the should and the supposed to. And I'm going to really get clear on like, what do I really want for my life? What do I really want for my family? And then from that place, like, you know, and, th- and the other thing is, I can't tell you how many people have asked that question. Well, what do you want? Like, what do you want to create in your business? What do you want to create in your life? And they'll say oftentimes, well, I don't know. That's the problem. And I always come back at them and I say, that's not true. You do know. You do know what you want. You just have to dig for it. There's no usefulness in saying, well, I don't, I don't know what I want. If you don't, then <laughs> you're in trouble because no one else does. No one else knows what you want for your life. No one else knows what you want for your family, for your business. And so I think you've got to start believing or even wanting to believe that you know. So this really amazing scripture that I read one time, See, I used to think that faith was only when I believed. Like I couldn't have faith unless I believed. Because if, if I don't believe, I don't have faith. But then it was like really discouraging at times because like, but if I don't believe, then I don't have faith. But then how do I get faith? Because I want to have faith. And then I read the scripture that said, Sometimes even if you can no more than desire to believe, that's faith. And it's like this just mind blowing for me. Like, whoa, like I'd read that scripture hundreds of times and I never really, that never really hit me that I, I don't have to believe to have faith. I just have to want to believe. And then what it said is if you, if, if you just take that desire to believe and let it be a seed, 
and you don't cast it out with your doubt and your uncertainty and like you just let it grow and let it develop, it'll it'll start to grow and take root and it'll turn into full-blown belief and full-blown faith and courage. And so I think sometimes you have to say like, I don't, I don't quite know yet what it is I want to create for my life, for myself, my family, my business, but I want to know. And I believe that it's inside me. Or let's say you, you, you have gotten clear on what it is you want to create, but you just don't have the courage to go after it. You don't believe it's possible. You don't have faith that you could do it. I wouldn't be discouraged. I would simply say, okay, I don't believe yet that I could do it. I don't have faith yet to, you know, to have the courage, but I want to. That's something that I think every one of us can do. We can want to believe. We can want to have courage. And that's just really encouraging to me. Like I, I can, it's like, I can always do that. That's hopeful to me. I can always want to believe. Yeah. I love that. I think this would be a good, um, we did have a story that we were telling about earlier that, um, that kind of inspired this episode, I guess. Maybe you, do you want to tell first about the conversation you had with Tate? Yeah, will you, will you give the backstory because you're involved with the youth at our church in this capacity for like what set all this up? Okay. <laughs> so awesome. It was awesome. Okay, so last week there, so this month, the youth every every Wednesday night, um, and I'm involved in the youth program too. Chris goes in the mornings and then I go like on Sundays and, and on uh, Wednesday evenings to help with the youth that are like age 12 to 18 at our church. And the theme this month, like every Wednesday activity was centered around etiquette. So they've been working on different aspects of etiquette, like setting a formal table and manners and just various, various things. They've been doing that to lead up to the last week in September, they were going to have a dinner and a dance, all, all of the youth. And it was so, it was so fun, (laughs) fun to watch them. Um, So I work with the the women and girls. And so I just kind of heard that side of it. So the girls were all worried about, well, what do I do if someone asks me to dance or do, can I tell them no? <laughs> like, how do I dance? How do I dance? And everyone was just really nervous and nervous and giddy and just all of these, all of these emotions. And so, and then when I would come home, I would hear it from the other side, from, from our boys, Tate and Tanner. So Tanner is 12, Tate is 14. And Tanner, I think it's just his, probably a combination of his age and personality. He's not really, he wasn't really into it. He was like, no, like, I don't, I don't really want to dance with a girl. Not interested. Tate, however, was really nervous. It was so cute. He was really nervous. I think multiple times brought it up to us in the week leading up to the dance. Just questions like, okay, how do, how do I ask? And then I asked them and then okay, how do I take her to the dance floor? And just all these. Do I then hold her hand and walk her off the dance floor? (laughs) Yeah. All these little pieces. He just wanted to kind of figure out. What should I say to her when we're dancing? Like (laughs) it was awesome. It was awesome. And so I, you know, a couple nights before I had, we were were reenacting like the dance we were practicing. So I had me and our, our two daughters, Ivy and Indy, they're nine and four. We would pretend to be in like a corner of the room talking. And then I would have Tane Tanner approach us like in a group, in our girl group and ask, ask Ivy and Indy to dance. And then they would lead them to the dance floor and then they would dance with their sisters. And Ivy and Indy loved it. Ivy and Indy loved it. I loved it. And it was good. It was a valuable like learning experience for the boys too. But so we had that experience. And then 
I know Tate reached out to you like the day before too, was asking you about it. Yeah. And, and so the question I asked Tate is like, well, do you want to dance with, like, do you want to ask girls to dance? Again, that question of like, is do you want to do this? And Tate was like, yeah. Like he was really clear, like, yes, I want to. And I'm nervous. And I hadn't thought of this ahead of time, but just instantly, you know, I just recalled this scene from the movie, We Bought a Zoo. So the dad in the movie, um, Benjamin Me, and I shared the line that he shared with his son when when his son wanted to ask this girl out. And the line was, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. And I shared that with Tate. And you could, he kind of got this half smile on his face and started nodding his head. And he was like, yeah, yeah. okay. Like <laughs> I can do that. Like just 20 seconds of insane courage, 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And so that's, that, that was what I shared. And then, yeah, he goes to the dance and Melissa was obviously there. And, and he, and he would repeat to himself. Like I heard him say it several times the day of, like, I'm just going to go all out. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's another lesson in like courage is like, I know it is speaking powerful things to yourself about yourself, right? Like those like affirmations. And I guess according to Melissa and Tate, he just killed it (laughs) at the dance. Like he just went all out. Like he really put himself out there and it was scary for him. It was unnatural. He'd never done it before, but he told me he probably danced with 10 girls he even had a couple girls tell him no, but then kept asking. It was fabulous. <laughs> I loved being there watching. And he did so good. I was trying not to be too like present so he could still feel like he had some autonomy and, and everything. But but it was it was really good. Um and he did get turned down two or two or three times and and but he just did so good. Yeah, and then share this share the conversation if you want quickly about that night, because I thought it was really interesting, just him reflecting on the night and you sharing kind of the part of part of courage is like really living, like really putting yourself out there. Yeah. So when we got home, I just really felt like we should have a conversation about what had happened and and really process how how he had felt that night and especially getting getting told no a couple of times. So we just sat, I just sat in their room with Tate and Tanner after the dance and just had a conversation about it. And so I had asked him, I said, Hey, how did it feel when, when those girls told you no? And he just kind of talked through how it had felt. And then I actually shared with him a story that, that had happened to me. It was soon after Chris and I were married, we, i had ran into someone at target. It was, like the mom of a boy my age that like lived in our neighborhood. And I, we lived near them a long time, but I wouldn't say we were close friends by any means. Um, But I saw her at Target and I didn't expect to see her. And I was like, oh my gosh, hi. And I went over to give her a hug and she just stood there with, with her hands like down at her side. And, and, you know, didn't reciprocate at all. Didn't reciprocate (laughs) at all. And, you know, who's, who knows what was going on you know, over there for her. But for me, it felt like, oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing. I'm never, I don't, I don't, I didn't like how it felt. And so it turned into, you know what? I'm never going to hug anyone that I don't really know ever again. 
because I don't want to feel that way. That felt awkward. It felt weird. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I told Tate that's that story. And I said, you know, I don't think that was the right, I don't think that was the right answer to, to feeling that way. And I said, I know it was hard to, to be told no, but I think sometimes we go through life and we have an experience that feels uncomfortable or it feels, it doesn't feel good. And so we, we change like who we are in an effort to not feel, not feel that way anymore. And so it might look like, yeah, I'm not, I'm never going to put myself out there in that way, or I'm going to, I'm just going to create this box around myself or around my heart really to not have to feel pain. And I told him, I don't want that for you. Like, I want you to live your life all out. And part of living your life is having a human experience. And some of that human experience is pain sometimes but I would never want you to not live your life to the fullest to avoid, to avoid it. Cause like, I think real joy, happiness, fulfillment is found in not putting these boxes around, around yourself and not, not truly living all out. Yeah. It's beautiful. Tate's lucky to have you as a mom. Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. It was, it was just a really beautiful conversation and I could tell that he was like super thoughtful about it and, afterwards he was just like thank you and i don't know what the outcome will be but i really hope that that you know when when he or tander has a situation where it's like no i don't want to i don't want to feel rejected or afraid or awkward or whatever that it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have that 20 seconds of insane courage or whatever that bravery and i'm just gonna keep living yeah and the cool thing about that is you can repeat it over and over Right. It's like, okay, when I ask this girl to dance, I'm gonna have 20 seconds of insane courage. And then I'm going to do it again. And I'm gonna have 20 seconds of insane courage. The next girl I asked to dance, you know, it's like, and, and again, this quote, what I love about this line in the movie is, as he says at the end, I promise you something great will come of it. So for Melissa, her hugging this woman at Target that night and the woman not reciprocating at all. And just her feeling so awkward and just uncomfortable and maybe even rejected something did great. Something great did come of that though. Without that experience, you wouldn't have had that conversation with Tate. Yeah, that's true. And like you, you and Tate both said, it was like one of your, you know, one of the most meaningful conversations you guys have had in a long time. So it's like, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll ever regret, or I don't think I have any regrets about times in my life when I have exercised insane courage or or embarrassing bravery. And maybe I couldn't see the the great that came out of it immediately. There's never been a time though when I've, you know, even on like sales call sales calls, my business when I. There's times, and it still happens to me, when I want to tell someone like, hey, here's what, it, here's what the investment is to work with me. My initial thought a lot of times is to like reduce my fee, play smaller. But when I have the courage to just say, all right, I'm going to go for it and just exercise this insane courage, this like embarrassing bravery, it always works out. And that doesn't mean they always say yes, but oftentimes I, I'm, a, I, I'm able to receive more money for myself than I otherwise would have and for my family. And sometimes they say no, but I don't have any regrets when I get off the call. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I devalued myself or discounted myself. You are, I feel like, really good at what we're talking about. Like having courage and bravery in this in this respect. Thank you. Yeah. Yes and no though. Like I mean, I can certainly acknowledge that I've had some courage and I've made some courageous decisions to start my own business and 
you know, partner with you and fighting for our family, creating the family we have and moving to Hawaii. Like, and yet I, I still see opportunities for me to be so much more courageous. You know, I haven't really gone after family brand like I'd like. I mean, we do the podcast, sure, but I want to make a bigger difference for families. Mm. And and, and sometimes I think I hide behind, well, I'm just really busy with Campfire Fact and my commitment to my kids and my family. And then what's left over, kind of give the family brand. And I think if I'm being really honest, it's it's more that maybe there's something there that like scares me a little bit about committing to that and going all in. I can think of relationships that I, that are good, but in order for them to be great would require more courage from me to confront things in those relationships. And so I don't think it's this place where we ever get to, Oh, I've, I've exercised all the courage I have because what, at what, what was it maybe one time really, really scary? Well, you do it enough, eventually it's not going to be scary, but then there's that next thing to go be courageous about. Like the idea to me now of like having our own business or being dependent on our own efforts doesn't just, I don't even think about it. Right. Yeah. And at one time that was really scary. Like, and so it's like, what's that next thing that requires courage for me to. It's so true. Courage is not like a mastery, something that you master. Yeah. It's a mountain with no top. Like you just keep climbing up the mountain. You get a little more courage and with, the higher up the mountain you go, you get a little more perspective. You get like more clarity, greater vision, like like you literally would on a mountain. Higher up you go, you can see more. But yeah, you're never gonna you're never gonna get there and be like, I have courage. I think you'll get to certain things I'm like I have courage in this and I have courage in this. But I think all the goals, hopes, wishes, dreams we have for ourselves, like again, going back to that quote I opened, it's courage is the most foundational virtue, because without it, it's going to be difficult to do anything else consistently. I really liked this episode for me personally. I'm like, okay, where can I exercise more courage? Cause I know I can, I'm like you, we, you know, you get to a spot where you feel comfortable and it's easier to stay there. Yeah. And maybe that's actually a really good thing to point out is sometimes, and Melissa and I've had some pretty honest conversations with each other, with ourselves that, I think sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking we're courageous when we're really just comfortable. Like, if, you know, when we first moved into the home that we sold to move here that we really loved. And if you want to know how much we love that home, you can <laughs> go listen to one of our first episodes called Dear Home. We basically yeah. cry the entire time. And at the time, though, that was like really courageous. That was a courageous thing for us to think about buying this home and coming up with the money to buy it and coming up with the money to remodel it. And there were so many courageous decisions that would need to be made. That would So many decisions that would require courage. And we had this, what we called a creation list. And on this creation list was all the things that we were committed to creating in our lives and experiences and as a family. And we literally checked every single one of those off the creation list. And then for a period of time there, we didn't have one. And I think if you'd asked us, we'd have been like, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're courageous. But I think we were living on the fumes of the leftover courage, if that makes sense. And we'd kind of just actually gotten comfortable. And I think that's probably easy for a lot of us to do like get complacent, get a little bit comfortable, but then to be able to ask ourselves, but are we actively exercising courage? Like, are we doing things that scare us? Are we doing things that require 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery, insane courage? Or maybe that's the big takeaway of this podcast for all of us, myself included. Like you said, Melissa, is like identify one thing in your life that that you know you want to create, whether that's a relationship, something in your financial situation, career, business, home, whatever it is, identify something that 
in order to do it, it would really require you to exercise courage and then look at like, yeah, what, what would it take for me to really confront this and, and have the courage to actually do something about it? I love it. Thank you for being my, my partner in, in life. <laughs> There's no one else I'd rather partner with. There was this, uh, the, <laughs> This what uh, the scripture of uh, I'm I'm, dro- I'm I'm gonna drop the ball though the wrestle with the Lord who is it uh, Jacob um, Joshua why am I dropping a blank here drawing a blank here but I used to, I I always misunderstood that like what does that mean and is it like we're gonna really like wrestle and it was more like like I'm God is someone that I'm willing to wrestle with in life like partner with right like I'm willing to struggle with God and like have it make me better and so after I heard that meaning I was like I was telling Melissa like you're someone I want to wrestle with. <laughs> I want to wrestle with you for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I, I guess I, I, I do want to share a parting quote here from the Avengers Endgame by Thor's mom, Frigga. And it's one of my favorite quotes because I think it's something that we have to keep in mind if we're going to have the courage to go after what we want and who we want to be. Thor finds himself in this place. If you remember that uh, the end game where he's really kind of lost sense of who he is, he's gotten very comfortable, very complacent and really lost courage in in everything. And he's let himself go physically, I would just say mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And he's basically complaining to his mom. And and he has all this pressure and this expectations because he's Thor. And his mom just says, she says, son, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, like that is so profound. That is so much of my life, I think I've been trying to be who I was supposed to be. But you can't, you, you cannot succeed at being who you're supposed to be because that's not who you are. It's who you're supposed to be. So I truly think the most courageous thing that any one of us can do is to be who we really are. And as long as you're being who you really are, I think you'll make decisions that are aligned with that and you'll be really fulfilled and you'll make the kind of impact that makes you happy. Thank you for being here every week. We'll see you next time. Hey there. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.